Well, welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. And welcome to this episode. So Megan, tell us about this episode, this one that's been on your heart. Right. So um, I am currently doing the Ignatian spiritual exercises uh, called the 19th Annotation, where you, instead of doing like a 30-day silent retreat, you kind of do it in day-to-day life. And so there's readings and meditations and things that you have assignments for like every day. And it's going to go for like nine months to a year, depending on how you know, quickly I progressed through things. So anyway, uh, as part of that, I recently was um, asked to meditate on the story of Jesus and the rich man. And I just, it just really touched me that there are some things about it that I think we tend to overlook sometimes and, and just kind of going deeper with it. And so I thought it would just be really good to talk okay. about uh, as a, as a, to lead to really the topic of um, what does it look like to be totally surrendered to Christ? Mm. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of unpack uh, that section in the Bible. And I, one of the things I think it's important to remember is that this, some, I think sometimes people get it in their heads like it's a parable or something. This isn't a parable. This is actually an encounter that happened with Christ. This was a real man who really encountered Christ and this is how the exchange went. So this is not simply a general teaching moment that Jesus is using, you know, to like use as an illustration. No, this is like a real story of an encounter with Christ. And so I want to kind of unpack how we can bring this into our real story and our encounter with Christ. Right. Okay. So why don't, Pam's going to read it for us, and then and then we'll discuss it. Yes, this is Mark ten, seventeen through twenty three. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, "Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments." Do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, teacher, all of these things I have observed from my youth. And Jesus, looking upon him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. At that saying, his countenance fell, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciple, How hard is it will be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? The gospel of the Lord. Amen. So I think... The thing I want to start out with is right at the front because it was really jumped out at me because this is the thing. I think we often, when we don't really dig into scripture, we have a general idea about passages and like, oh yeah, I know that one. That was the rich guy who was all about wanting to obtain the kingdom of heaven. But then, you know, when he told him he had to give up all his stuff, he was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Right. And so he goes away. And so 
I think it's easy to just have in your mind, oh, rich guy who cared more about his possessions, just to, you know, sort of a materialistic guy or whatever. And I think it's really important to get a clear picture of who this guy actually was. And I think the thing that really pointed that out to me that I was misjudging this guy a little bit was when I read a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He knelt before him. That is not the image I had of this man. This man in my mind, in just my generalization of, oh yeah, I know that passage, was he wanted good things, but he wasn't humble. Mm. He wasn't a man who knelt before Christ. And that really changed everything for me because I stopped thinking about it as being somebody who is just trying to obtain one more thing, right? He has all this stuff and now he wants eternal life too. He's just being greedy, really. This man humbled himself before Christ. He knelt before him. He literally had a deep desire to know the truth from Jesus. And when I thought of it that way, I realized I am more like this man than I was giving credence to. Mm. Because I know that's my heart to humble myself before the Lord and ask, what do I need to do for you, Lord? And when I realized that I'm this man, mm. then I realized, and I turn away sometimes too. And where are those places that I'm saying, that's too much? No, that's too much. The detachment. Yeah, that is a different story because otherwise it's about stuff. Yeah. It's about material things. It's about wealth and riches. But this is the thing I would say. It's about a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. So when we go on, so what do you think about Jesus saying, why do you call me good? Right. No one's good, but God alone. I love that when Jesus says that. Why do you call me good? I think he's he's really, you know, getting the, the, the rich man to ponder even deeper his maybe his divinity. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. Yeah. I think it I think that's true. He's not being like it's almost like if I imagine them doing this scene in the chosen. Yeah. You know, you could almost see the actor who plays Jesus being like, you know, a little face he'd make, well, you know. No one's good but God alone. <laughs> not and so not to dismiss himself, Jesus, but in his own like little way of saying, and that's who I am. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. Mm. And that's a profound thing because that's in Mark, right? And so often we're like, well, does Jesus really claim his divinity much, except for in John? 
But there are actually places all through the Bible, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where Jesus does really claim his divinity, because I don't think anyone would doubt that Jesus would not consider himself good. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, he goes on and says, well, you know, you know the commandments and he lists them. And what does the guy say? I have done all these things from my youth. Like, this is a guy who has been striving for righteousness. He really cares. He's not being dismissive and saying, I've fulfilled the law. I'm good. He understands there's more. There's more. Yeah. There's more than the letter of the law. There's more than I'm a good Catholic. I've gone to church every Sunday and I haven't committed a mortal sin. There's more. Indeed. And he wants to know what the more is. What I see in that too, Megan, he's, it's not only just about the possessions and, and the way I'm seeing it. It is, and that kind of detachment is very, very important, but it's it's also everything else, like that total surrender of everything, not that, that we have, but that what we are to him, that he's like, uh, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And how many of us say that? Um, <laughs> give a damn, not there yet. And the truth is we aren't. Yeah. We aren't there yet. And he's acknowledging I'm not there yet, right? They, I've done all these things, but still I'm asking the question. He, he doesn't say, you know, teacher, I've done all of these things since my youth. So I guess I'm good. Let me go now. Right. He's, he's still there. He understands there's something else. I've done all that, but I, I know that in my heart, I know there's, there's something else. And then the most beautiful words. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. He saw a man who really was desiring him. He's the more. Mm, For sure. He's the more. And so Jesus, like, is his heart is just like, oh, my God. I love this man, this beautiful man who wants the more, wants me. He's asking me, how can I have you? And he loves him enough to tell him the hard thing. How often in our lives do we fail to love that much? Do we fail to love enough to say the hard thing? Right. Because why? We're worried that exactly what happens in this passage is going to happen to us. That they're going to walk away. How many times do we not share the gospel? Because we're afraid we're going to offend. We're afraid that somebody's going to not like us or afraid somebody's going to maybe cancel us or whatever. He looked at him and he loved him and he told him the hard thing. Think Jesus yeah. didn't know what was going to happen? Of course he did. He knew what was going to happen. Right. He knew the exact thing that we don't want to happen was going to happen. 
And he still spoke the words. Why? Because he loved him. That's what loving means. Truth. So true. Wow, we lost that. So then he says it. He says the hard thing. You lack one thing. Go and sell what you have. Give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Mm. And come, follow me. I'll give you all you desire. Everything you're looking for. You came to me and you said, how can I inherit eternal life? I want to give you what you want. But you can't receive it until you're open to receive it. Yes, until you've cast off a lot of worldly attachments. For sure. Yeah. So he says the one thing that he was really attached to. And I think it's easy for us to say that's materialism. He was attached to the stuff because, you know, it says his countenance fell and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. I think it's too simple to say it's about the stuff. It's about the actual things. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, maybe he had the fastest camel in town, (laughs) you know, beautiful house, you know, rich clothing, you know, wonderful food, uh, tons of servants. Yep. Those are all the superficial things. What did those things mean to him? Status, comfort, you know, pride, vanity, sensuality, all three, all of them. Yeah. And I think also identity. Mm -hmm. Like how often do we find ourselves in the place where we say, if if I'm not this, who am I? Mm-hmm. If I'm not wife, if I'm not mother, if I'm not, you know, provider, pr- provider, I'm not, you know, whatever my job is or whatever my ministry work is, if I'm not doing that, who am I? Beloved child of God. Right. And that doesn't change ever. But if we think that that very thing is dependent on all these other things that we've placed our identity on, of course we're not going to want to give them up. Mm. Because if we don't have those, we aren't saved because that's who we are. Right. Right. So one of the things that's come into my mind, too, is what Christ is calling him to in that moment is to cling to him alone, to possess him alone, to be the center focus, not self-centric, but Christ-centric. Yeah, and I think also to trust that he's enough. And I think that's really where we struggle more than anything else. This idea that 
if I give this up, whatever this is, whether it's material stuff, whether it's status, whether it's relationships, relationships, any of it, whatever that is, whatever that one thing is, you know, in, in this, it says you're lacking one thing. Maybe if we turned it around so that it may be a little easier to comprehend, you're clinging to one thing. Like, what is that thing that we're clinging to that we feel like if I don't have this, if I let go of this, I won't be safe. I will not be fulfilled. I will not be whatever it is that makes you afraid. We need to find that place within ourselves and face that place and understand why we hold on to it so closely. Because ultimately, Christ is going to ask us for it. He might not be asking it for you, of you right now because you might not be ready for it, to be give it up. And he's like awesome that way, right? He's so beautiful. He's so patient. He's so willing to work with us. But this guy represents not some greedy, like, guy who who's just looking to add another thing mm-hmm. to his, his arsenal of stuff. Right. I really want to invite people to look at this guy as a guy who had gone deep into desire for holiness. As many people who maybe are listening have stri- are striving to go deep into places of holiness. And ultimately at some point, if we keep down that path of striving to grow in relationship with the Lord and to grow in holiness, he's going to ask us for the one thing. You know, as you're saying that, Megan, there's a scenario coming in my head, which I've experienced and in, in that uh, I see friends, close friends, and that's when some type of uh, illness really befalls a loved one. Um, that That loved one in particular that's ill... Um, is having to be completely emptied. But the say the spouse of the, the ill person is also asking to, God is saying, empty yourself of everything but mm-hmm. me. And it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. I, I see that really clearly in what I went through with my granddaughter. Yeah. And that what a friend is going through right now as well. So how, what do you think is... The key is because Jesus says, you know, he looks around and he says to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And, you know, one could be like, well, I'm poor, so I guess it's going to be easy for me. (laughs) We all have riches. We all have riches. No matter how difficult one's life has been, there's all sorts of blessings in everybody's life. Nobody is left without anything. Now, maybe in comparison to other people, maybe, you know, yours may seem less lofty or... But there are all things that we cling to. You know, places where we feel like we depend on. And he'll ask for them. 
Absolutely. And again, I think you make the good point is, is where is our identity most tied, whether it is a relationship or whether it is material, whether it is a status, any of those things. He's asking us all to examine us. What are you more attached to than me? Mm-hmm. What is that? So when it says that he went away sorrowful, I think it's interesting to ponder what's he sad about. The cost. (laughs) The cost of loving completely. It is... It's the shedding of everything worldly to love more purely, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I wonder also, though, if it could be partially he's sorrowful about coming to an understanding of himself that he's not ready. Mm-hmm. That he hasn't gotten to the place of desiring what he came for to the extent that he's willing to pay the cost. Because Jesus didn't say you can't have it. He just told him the price. So I think this does beg the question for us to really look at our lives and see what are you so attached to? person, status, um, wealth, possession, that, that one thing you couldn't let go of to give it all to Christ. What is that thing? Is it your pride? Yeah. Is it your comfort? Yeah, and I think I will also want to encourage people who feeling like God's not showing up for you, that he's not giving you the desire to grow closer to him. Maybe consider that he does want to give you exactly what you're desiring, but there's a price and maybe you haven't been listening to what he's asking you to give up. Right. And the image that he's put in my mind right now is, um, Christ's own sacrifice for us, his death on the cross, big sacrifice. Everything. For love of us. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I think about as it relates to Christ's sacrifice on the cross, it's like, it's so poignant that he's already dead. So it already looks like he's given everything and then his heart's pierced. Mm. And he gives even more. He's not asking anything that he hasn't already done and doesn't do every single day for us. He's not greedy. He just wants reciprocity. Because mm, mm. he wants us to be friends. And he wants to have a real relationship where we're willing to give exactly what he's willing to give. Now, the amazing thing is that what he's able to give is so much greater and beyond what we could ever give, but he doesn't worry about that. It's not about whether it's the same amount. 
It's just like the widow's mite. That's right. Mm -hmm. I see that. It's to the same degree. Based on our personal life experience and circumstance. Yeah, for sure. And so for those who have been given much, much will be required. But the promise of eternal life, forever existing with perfect love, it's worth the cost. Mm-hmm. Amen. So I like to think that perhaps maybe the rich man eventually realized, you know what? I want that more than anything else and it's worth the cost. And maybe he, yeah. maybe he converted. Maybe no, he came I mean, back. I, I really felt that after, you know, reading it because of after what you've just said and everything, I think he, he went away and did more work You're amen. to, amen. to try and detach from all those things. So he could say yes to Christ because clearly that was his desire. Right. So I think that's the perfect way to end. Let us go forth and do more work and do more work so that we are more and more abandoned and completely surrendered to Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining us today. I hope it's blessed you. And it certainly has blessed us to dig into scripture. If you ever have any uh, desire for us to talk about anything in particular, you know, please message us on Facebook. We'd love to have your uh, suggestions and recommendations and uh, hope you'll keep listening and encourage others to listen as well. So next time, until next time, we hope you remain united with us in prayer. God bless. God bless.